Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. In an era of online retail where everything is just a few clicks away, buying a car should be no different. That's why at Carvana, you can buy a car 100% online. We made it easy to browse, view, and buy from over 10,000 cars. You can even trade in your old car, all while binge-watching your favorite TV show. Afterwards, we'll deliver your car to you. Or you can pick it up from one of our car vending machines. Either way, your car comes with a seven-day return policy. So grab a seat, relax in your comfy pants, and enjoy the new way to buy a car at Carvana. Hello, Chico Pitbull, Mr. 305, but I said Mr. Worldwide. You already know what it is. Listen to my new podcast from Negative to Positive. Subscribe today. Now, part of the things that we're doing over here at Negative to Positive is encouraging people to change their lives, change the things that are within their power. I want to thank our good friends at KFC for helping me bring this to you. Feed your whole crew with KFC. Let's go. I can get the KFC bucket of chicken, and you know, that's fire. Now, Babu, you know that you could get that mac and cheese, that mashed potato, gravy, those biscuits. Now, that's that's trouble right there. That is fire right there. You know, on Negative to Positive, we're always talking about striving and achievement. And, and the Colonel Sanders story is, is a story that inspired me since I was 10 years old. Look how life comes full circle. Now I'm talking about Colonel Sanders and Kentucky Fried Chicken and how much I love it. <laughs> Listen to my new podcast from Negative to Positive. Check out the vodcast. Subscribe today. Apple Podcast. Podcast One. Spotify. Hey, this is Amy from Collider Heroes, and I'm saying it's time to turn it up with your new favorite podcast, Expeditiously with T.I., here on Podcast One. Join the rapper, entrepreneur, family man, and activist as he bridges the gap and sheds light on important social topics and much more in an authentic, eyebrow-raising dialogue that might make you want to pull out your dictionary. Download new episodes of Expeditiously with T.I. every week on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Stay little Chico Pitbull, Mr. 305, better said Mr. Worldwide, and I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, From Negative to Positive, brought to you by my friends over at State Farm. I believe that to have success, you got to play the game, so that the game doesn't play you. You know, the biggest risk you take is not taking one. It's very important that you make sure that you make the most out of your money, especially when it comes to insurance. State Farm offers surprisingly great rates. They have great agents standing by helping you personalize your coverage. All this is backed up by award-winning, easy-to-use technology. It's a great price with an even greater service. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. I have pen fed, that's a fact. I have pen fed, that's a fact. My credit card purchases get me cash back. My credit card purchases get me cash back. No one else gets these rewards. Sergeant, that is just plain untrue. What in tarnation? Sir, PenFed's Power Cash Rewards Card isn't just for military members. Anyone can get cash back on all purchases. Ah, figgins! You've ruined my favorite song. PenFed Credit Union. Visit penfed.org slash powercash. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. The last trailer's out, and the first reviews are in, and apparently the Joker is amazing? And Andy Muschietti's Scarlet Speedster movie is back in a flash. Will we get this movie? I certainly hope so. I'm excited. It seems like it might happen this time. Oh, the whole room just turned on me so quickly. Puns, you guys. I'm back. Boo. Welcome back. Thank you so much. I left the dust, and I'm back to commerce and movies and capitalism and hype, and I'm very excited. And I came back to Joker reviews, and I instantly got FOMO. <laughs> I had a great time in the desert. I saw beautiful art, but then apparently Joker changed people's lives, and I don't know how to feel. Uh, Dorian, 
I want to know what you think of Andy Muschietti when we get to it. But what does Roca think what? of Australia? Uh... Uh, Australia's great. <laughs> I only had, what, 18 hours in the city <laughs> to enjoy Sydney but uh, fully, but uh, I, I enjoyed... I can't say what I was doing there because that's under embargo, but... You were I, trying to go to that film festival and you just got the country wild. Totally did. Totally like, did. this is not Venice. What's I heard happening? they were screening Joker here. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it was no, at I'm the here. Sydney International Film Festival. No, it was at the Venice International. I totally missed I'm it. just comforted knowing we're both exhausted and jet-lagged in our own manner, so I felt comforted knowing we're both like, what have we... Where are we? I have we? no excuse. I'm just loopy because... Um, somebody make up a cool place that I went as there well. We there we go. We do have a lot to talk about today. In fact, right before we were getting ready to go with this, we have something uh, to add to our rundown, which is we still don't know a lot about what this is. We still don't know a lot about what we're going to see, but we finally know when we're going to see it. We have a date for Watchmen. We have a date. Watchmen is coming on the 20th of October. Am I getting that right? Yeah. So soon. So soon. Like that is weeks away now. I, I guess suppose it's it days is. Days away. In my brain, I was like, it's coming in October, so it doesn't feel soon. It it's feels September late. Right now. I know. I'm just saying. It sure is September. Forty-eight though. days. How did that happen? Yeah, that's the life. Uh, once you cross a certain age, time goes so quick. <laughs> so October twentieth is really interesting because we're literally days away from it, and they have done an incredible job of keeping all of this under wraps. Like no one is leaking stuff. No one is dropping too many kernels of of knowledge. All we're getting is a cast and these great trailers and excitement, which. Is it's just really incredible in this day and age. It is funny because they've endlessly talked about the way that this is a remix and not a tra- traditional sequel. Mm. Um, and that is certainly reflected in the marketing, which is just elements that we recognize from Watchmen. Uh, I don't know what we're going to get. What did you all think? Because I don't think we ever talked about it on this show of Lindelof's comments about uh, trying to approach this and his attitude towards Alan Moore's original work. I'm very team don't live in the subject material unless you're adapting the subject material, Like much like the Joker we're about to talk about. I really appreciate the fact that I consider animation a genre, not a format. Mm. I consider comic book films a genre, not a format. Like I wouldn't start the other way around. I've just returned from the desert. Mm. I consider animation a format, not a genre. Likewise, comic book movies. There's not a comic book movie. There is comic book-based movies. Yeah. So I'm really mm. excited that the more these movies happen, the more we can diversify so we don't feel like, oh, there's a guy in a cape again. So Watchmen to me is so dense and so nuanced and so strange and Alan Moore is all of those things as well. So no matter how a genius approaches a genius like Alan Moore, I'm in. And Lindelof has certainly proven himself capable of making weird stuff out of other cool stuff. Yep. So everything I've heard is perfect and I love that, like you were saying, with the lack of exposure to yep. the material, we've just had a ticking clock and now the ticking clock has an end. Yep. And that's exciting. I couldn't be any more on board for a Regina King-led HBO show that is drawing inspiration from Watchmen. It is just very interesting because I I think there's some sort of some some necessary self fiction required to mm-hmm. make this because mm-hmm. uh, in those comments Lindelof who who I think has done amazing work and is probably going to do a great job with this said something about like you know if someone had told Alan Moore not to do Swamp Thing he probably would have said no and that's funny because like as a deep nerd I know that Alan Moore geeked out on Swamp Thing right. and was honored to be asked by the actual people he got burned later right. <laughs> like, right. that, that's later Alan Moore but you're right that like he certainly League of Extraordinary Gentlemen reflects yeah. his desire to remix cultural sources it's it, I'm already 
already so fascinated by everything about it, and we literally are nowhere close to seeing the show. And yeah. we're finally to the point in film where Agreed. remixing is more accepted. And like, like music, when you sample a classic song in hip hop, no one's like, ah, rip off. Right. It's new well, art. Well, sometimes you get it depends on how much ripping off. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure someone knew this was happening. Right. But I like that we're to the point where different formats of art are remixing just like music has for years. And I'm excited to see the comic community slowly evolve to accept that. And I think the Joker is a big leap towards that acceptance. Yep. It is funny because the ads that say that play on the nothing ever ends are simultaneously very exciting and very bleak. And that's a fun attitude to go into something with. I agree. Joker. Joker. So exciting and bleak. I keep saying the word. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so y'all, it debuted at Venice, and the first reactions and reviews are coming in, and apparently it's great. Yeah. We all are trying not to spoil ourselves, so I think we're all delicately trying not to dive too deep into this, but we did get, because we didn't get a chance to talk about it on this show last week, we got our final trailer for Joker. Mm. What do you think? Uh, it was actually the first thing I did when I turned my phone back on, and <laughs> I have no regrets. Uh, I, I usually have that. I have to check my email, I have to check my Twitter, and I have to check my Instagram. But no, no, I knew Joker trailer was Tuesday, so I spent a lot of time going like, what do I do when I get back? Not burgers, not pizza, Joker! And oh man, that trailer. Like, I haven't read a single review like we talked yeah. about. Like, I don't want someone to give me a word that I, like, try to play with in my head and shape. But the actual imagery, that Scorsese flavor, is so beautifully represented in a movie and he says Joker out loud in the trailer, and that definitely made me like, <laughs> uh, We see a little bit more of what De Niro's doing. We get a little bit more story, but still not enough that I know what's going on. Uh, people have dissected this trailer, apparently, like you see Bruce Wayne and, and, and the Thomas Wayne in the window. Like mm. little tiny things that I didn't catch, because I don't want to know too much. Uh, I loved it. I, I don't think it... It only upped my expectation from the first trailer, and that first trailer is amongst my favorites. Mm. Yeah, I, I can't... I, I could add so much more to it, but I'll just simply say... Give it to me now. I just was so blown away by, once again, another trailer that showed another aspect of the movie. We've got more De Niro in this trailer. We got more of him as the stand-up comedian. We get the uh, involuntary laughter thing that he revealed in an interview that he was going, that he was purposely using for this character and how it just, the way it lingered after he laughed that you kept with him. So you realize this is just an impulse to do it. It's not actually born out of a, of a desire to laugh at anybody. Yeah. And I thought that was such an interesting new way to approach Joker's laugh mm. that it was an involuntary thing it's not actually meant to destroy or hurt anybody you know like oh wow it's a fun and perspective it's it is so unique and, and, and I love the idea that. that the Joker persona emerges as a response to environment which it seems like is strongly right. what this movie is trying to investigate and it's okay it's okay there's not a vat of acid. It's okay that it's a new approach. As, as uh, Coy was saying earlier, remixing things is not a negative if you do it effectively. And I feel like, and certainly from the reviews and this trailer, Todd Phillips has done that here and Joaquin Phoenix's performance as well. It seems like that's what they've done here. I'm so fascinated to see this movie. I am thrilled to hear that it is getting positive reviews because I would always, always, always mm -hmm. rather something be great than something not be great. Mm -hmm. I still don't have answers to a lot of my questions about I need... I want to come out of this movie both loving it as a movie and with a good understanding of why this is a Joker movie mm. and not an unrelated character. Like, I want a good answer to that that isn't connected to getting a green light. Mm. Um, but honestly, some great media in comics has been made by folks who weren't coming at it from a fandom first approach. It has been done. It will be done again. And I really loved some of the comments from the filmmakers where they, I think it was Todd Phillips who was saying, 
you know, there have been many jokers, and I expect there will be more. Essentially, this is his contribution to the canon. Mm -hmm. That's something we in comics are familiar with. That's an Elseworlds. That's a self-contained graphic novel out of continuity. That's the Harley YA graphic novel that came out last week (laughs) that is a new take on that character. And you judge it by whether it does or doesn't serve those artistic goals and that mythology. Now, I do think... If you're going to use this mythology, you should have respect for what it is you're drawing on in the sense that if it wasn't powerful, you wouldn't be using it, I hope. But I I don't want to get too lost in that, like, imaginary narrative we can construct about this movie before I have a chance to see this movie and this performance, which apparently is wonderful. For me, like, Mark Miller's Superior and Huck are both his takes on Superman, and Mm -hmm. it wasn't that he couldn't use Superman. It was that I, in my opinion, he wanted to tell a Superman-like story without changing the continuity. Mm. For me, that's what this feels like. It doesn't feel like they're disrespecting the source material. It's them not trying to disrespect the source material. They want to tell a story that involved their version of the Joker without changing canon. And I guarantee that within two years, if this is as good as they say it is, the comic's going to have some flavor. Like, there's going to be, like, the Brian Azzarello Joker that looks, and Lee Bermejo that looks sure. just like Heath Joker. Sure. Yep. That was influenced and it wasn't a canon choice. Yep. I guarantee this will, it won't be the comics effect in the movie, it'll be the movie effect in the comics. And for me, that's okay because that's the spirit of remixing. Like, that's how you get these places. Right. And I like Old say- Town Road with Lil Nas. Oh, boy. <laughs> um, <laughs> the summer's number one. Uh, the the summer, right. One? We're not in the uh, summer anymore. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I am curious. Okay, so based on the trailers, I'm expecting to love the visuals. Yeah. I'm expecting to love the performance. I'm not convinced that I'm going to come out of this feeling like this movie had something to sort of say about the world other than to give me a portrait of cruelty and its effects, which I f- expect to be very moved by. Mm-hmm. That's my kind of... Before we get like all the interpretations of what does it mean and who might it inspire, I, I don't know if it is doing that or trying to do that, and I'll be very curious how that all lands. Well, I think uh, if it's going to exp- once again, like this is something I've said on numerous shows, if this genre or format is going to keep being part of the main pop culture zeitgeist, it has got to expand. Right? Logan expanded on the Wolverine story to a point where it was realistic, where you had X-Men comic books showing up in a Logan film. <laughs> that Who would have ever thought that was possible? That is certainly as meta as it gets. <laughs> so then you have a Joker movie, once again, that is pushing the boundaries of this story. Is it going to be a base, oh, angry guy narrative, whatever, or is it going to say something more? He has mental health issues. He, we're talking about it more, more openly nowadays, but in the 1980s or whatever this is said, we certainly weren't doing that. I know I was there. And so you get these things that I think this movie, and I hope, I'm with Amy, I hope it has something to say overall about our society or about our world that is more than just angry guy does this to shake the foundation or the pillars of institutions. You want something more from this. What was the reason to make this now? What I liked about the first trailer was that one frame where it had him writing and it was saying the worst part about having a mental illness is everyone pretending you don't. Yes. See, I think I'm going to like this movie more if I unhook from the idea that it's going to have a deep and nuanced perspective on mental health and just let it be a Joker origin Mm. story. But I I don't think it's going to I don't think it's going to go too hard in either direction. But I do think it will acknowledge that element of it. Yeah. Yeah. And and I think that's really important. Like, I don't think it's going to be her for AI. Like, I loved her because it was was a commentary on what Mm -hmm. like I loved her because it was not about robots taking us over. It was about robots being better at love than us and I'd never seen that story we're always like ah Skynet but instead it was like mm-hmm. what if they love better I don't think I'm going to walk away from the Joker like what if mental illness I do think right. I will walk away from the movie with a different perspective on a corner of what mental illness does to people mm-hmm. and I don't think it's going to make me have a psychological 
change or alteration, but I do think it's going to make me reframe a lot of things. And I think that's the spirit of filmmaking. I don't expect yeah. to walk away with a thesis, but I do expect to go like, I never would have thought of that that way. Look at One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, right? That's Everyone in there is supposedly off kilter or off balance, and they're all in that place, but it still had something to say about our society, right. even though it was an element of it, and even a really up-in-your-face element of it, it was more about the outer society, this idea of wanting to break free from the constraints of a system. And that's what could be here underlying this whole thing. That's what it has a vibe, a very 70s vibe. People say this very 70s. In those sense, in the 80s, it feels like a very 70s movie, and I think – this thing would get nominated for Best Picture. I really have a very strong feeling that is a possibility that this film will be nominated for Best Picture and that he'll be nominated for Best Actor. And it'll be an incredible combo. And once again, pushing the acceptance of the format or genre mm-hmm. to a place that it has not been yet fully together, being Best Picture and Best Actor. Maybe even Best Supporting Actor or Best Supporting Actress for Zazie Beats. Who knows? Mm-hmm. So I think that's what's great about this. And we'll see. And I know there's backlash, which you know we can deal with on another show. We'll do it but once like, we've seen it. it. Yeah, once we've seen it. Which is what Amy said. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, we, we all know, like, it's... We will deal with all that yes. once we've seen it, once we know what it is that we're talking about. I hope it's that good. It's starting to seem really plausible based yeah. on these early reactions that both of those nominations might happen. I hope that it's that good. I hope it deserves it. I hope we get to a victory lap. But it doesn't require that we scorn any other form of mil- filmmaking to enjoy this. Right, right. Yeah, I think art is subjective, and subjectively people are going to be upset, but I, I am going into this with the utmost expectations of glory, and that last trailer, there, every every different scene we hadn't seen, just it, it looks like everything we dreamt it was going to be way back when we heard they were filming it. Yep. So yeah, I'm, I'm all in. Now, this is not based off a comic, but... There are some comics this week. Look, it's based on comics. You know it's, it's, let's not, it's a Joker movie. It is based on comics. Uh, and these, who knows whether they'll inspire artistic masterpieces someday, but maybe they will. This week, the Legion is for real back. They came in at the end of Superman last week, but they get their own Legion of Superheroes Millennium Number 1, a corner of the DC Universe people have been wanting to see for a long time, finally back. The longest creator-owned title is tied. This week with Spawn mm. 300. Next month, Todd McFarlane becomes the longest creator-owned title record holder, taking over Cerebus's 300. This <laughs> is Spawn 300. Oh, yes, I'm excited. There are 18,000 covers. You don't have to get them all, but boy, there's some good options. <laughs> but you sure could. This week, a new beginning for one of my favorite series, Pretty Deadly by Kelly Sue DeConnick and Emma Rios. Uh, some of the most gorgeous art you will ever see. It started as a Western. It has poetic elements, and now they're in old. Hollywood. I cannot wait to see where they're going from here. I've waited many months for this book. I sure do hope I get to hold it on Wednesday. It's Doomsday Clock number 11, and it might just exist. Uh, we just They have to finish this before the Watchmen show comes out. Sure it won't do, happen. Don't sure worry. I do hope to know what's going on soon. And a nice new beginning <laughs> this week, A Web of Black Widow by a friend of mine and super amazing writer Jody Hauser uh, with some gorgeous art by, I think, Stephen Mooney. Jody's writing Black Widow? Yes, Jody's oh, writing Black Widow. She's perfect. also writing Harley and Ivy starting this week. Ooh, She's taking over. She's nice. real good. But the Black Widow preview pages look fantastic. Uh, Black Widow's getting her own miniseries. I can't wait. It starts this week. Go check it out. Anything jump out at you? Uh, yeah, well, Doomsday Clock 11, finally Rorschach and Batman coming back together, but really 300. Uh, <laughs> as someone who owns the first 87 issues of Spawn <laughs> in a nice wooden box, uh, I, I will tell you this excitement that Todd McFarlane is coming back to write this. Scott Snyder's involved in this as well. Like, uh, there's so much excitement around this. I will absolutely be picking this one up. Uh, so those two are the ones that jump out at me. 
I think if I remember correctly, 300 is double-sized and yeah. 301 is triple-sized. <laughs> so you've got five comics in the next month Woo! of Spawn. I love it. And I love that Todd McFarlane's back and his zeal for this character. We talked to him at, at Comic-Con and like the amount of pride he has in this being creator-owned still and what he's done with this character and how much he loves Cerebus. And he gave this whole speech about uh, you know Dave Sims being Canadian and him being Canadian, how they're the only bar to set. And I agree <laughs> that is a high bar the Canadians are making in the comic book space. There's, there's only a couple of folks who've really stuck with their stuff. Uh, Stan Sakai over on Asagi Ujimbo for mm-hmm. a really long time. Eric Larson over on Savage Dragon. Image really yeah. like lets their creators live oh, in the yeah. space. Like Eric Larson obviously being one of the founders in Savage Dragon still running and being crazy. <laughs> uh, I, I, I'm just really happy to see that we have such an array of different types of comics that nothing there feels stifled. There were like five runners up, y'all. You have to tune into Giant Size. It was really hard to narrow down this week's <laughs> comics. Uh, John, uh, you reading anything else anonymous list right now? You're digging? No, not right now. No, no. Okay. I've been so I've been so busy. Honestly, uh, everything going on in the world right now. I have tough time like finding the time to read everything. So I, unfortunately, I am not currently diving into anything right now. Uh, but the Daredevil one that was the most recent Daredevil run, I was consuming and then got thrown off by other stuff going on. So I'll be jumping back into that definitely. Yeah, Daredevil's incredible. Yeah. That Chip Zdarsky. Yep. Uh, so, also finally coming at us, once you get your doomsday clock and we uh, finally get to see the Watchmen series and all of these long-awaited dreams come true, maybe it's really happening this time. Maybe <laughs> we're getting ourselves a Flash feature film. Apparently, it is back on. Director Andy Muschietti uh, confirmed that that is at least next on his agenda. So, whatever flavor of green. I want to invent different kinds of green for how likely a movie is so oh, that we okay. can keep track of, like, where are we in the actually happening process? I'd say Brighter is more likely to go like a street light. Yeah. And I'd say darker is like, sure, is a movie. And yeah. I'd say this is probably like an emerald. Okay. Because it's, it's, not, it's not forest green, but I'd say it's up to emerald. <laughs> I think that's a reasonable expectation. <laughs> I am excited. I'm excited it's back on. He gave a quote. Someone asked if it would have horror elements. And he said, this one's not really going to have a horror element. It's just a wonderful human story, which I'm into because it's the Flash. Yeah. He's, uh, you know, I'm sure he's going to bring some of those skills about excitement and tension to bear. Uh, but it's not necessarily going to have the way Doctor Strange showed some of those horror influences made sense for that story and might not make sense for a Flash adventure film. I think Shazam had hard elements that made sense and the, certainly the villains and the character type like Shazam allows for that world. Barry Allen's kind of the optimist. Like I feel like Barry Allen's yeah. the guy that's always running late and is the CSI guy. That's not so hard to me. Well, uh, yeah. So when they said that, remember that, that quote from Ezra Miller saying he wanted to come back with like a darker take yeah. and I was like I don't know. So to me. It could be dark in a serious drama way. I don't know. To me this reads as they didn't go with the Ezra Miller script. That's that's how I interpreted this. I could be completely wrong. I but think you're absolutely right. That's what it feels like. <laughs> that's what I've heard from a couple of people. <laughs> so yeah. that's But the, this is great too I think because on the heels of it, chapter two coming out, which has more to do with the adults right, than the kids, it's getting a bit of uneven reviews. Mm-hmm. Uh, people are still going to see it, I'm sure, but like it's getting a little bit of uneven reviews. So you ask yourself, okay, well, if this is uh, Muschietti's attempt to bring into a little more of the adult darkness of the world, uh, how is he going to handle a, a whole film like this and show this kind of stuff outside of the horror genre? So it excites me to, for the challenge because I liked what he did with that first It. It was fantastic. Yeah. As, as incredible as the horror stuff was, it was really the kids' friendship and the kids' connection and the kids' ability to go through this horror stuff together Together mm-hmm. and build that friendship that is going to matter. And I think with Barry Allen, that's a possibility as well. Uh, and then with uh, and then with his dad being in prison, are they going to play in that realm? That could add, as you said, the drama horror elements of it. It is as in human horror of my father being in a prison. What is he being subjected to in that prison? What am I? What do I have to do on the outside uh, as well? And so that uh, 
that and uh, uh, oh god his girlfriend Nancy his wife Nancy, what am I thinking of Iris yeah Iris sorry Iris what's that situation going to be like so all of that involved as well uh, will be interesting to see how that plays out so there's hum- there's human human stuff to explore here I think Machete do a great job with it I think if you don't feel the warmth of love you don't feel the cold of horror so I yeah. feel like if you don't have that's that yeah. like if you don't have that element that's why the first date is so good because the warmth of those friendships mm-hmm. really made you feel like oh no so I feel like he builds those worlds beautifully and I agree yeah. that this is the right character for him if it goes forward because Barry Allen's just warmth and I love the relationship he has and I really hope Kiersey Kevin's Clemens is back because Kiersey was cast as Iris West right. in the film and then we never got those scenes. A hundred years and ago. long ago when <laughs> Kiersey Clemens post-dope was cast. Like, I think she was cast when it was the dope director yes, on the film and then she was still attached for Zack Snyder's. Anyway, I love <laughs> Kiersey Clemens and I think the, the relationship between Iris and Barry is so much of what makes the world of Flash work. Mm-hmm. So I'm really hopeful that he brings that like he did with It Chapter One and I, I really, I'm really excited because I love him as director. Do we get Gorilla Grodd? With oh, Andy Muschietti. That'd be incredible. A horror kind of aspect to Gorilla Grodd would be fascinating. Yeah. Because there's nothing that makes me fear worlds more than the simian uprising and <laughs> artificial intelligence. So if you, combine the, so simian, if you combine the simian uprising with artificial intelligence, <laughs> I will lose my mind. And you put the horror aspect of it, that would be fantastic. What a new, interesting way to approach it. I think you have like halfway written the script already. Boy, what's your pitch? What do you want this Flash movie to be? I have to, I have to make sure I'm like Planet of the Flash Apes is very strong in my head now. Uh, what would I do? I, uh, I love you Monsters. Yes, like just you damn dirty. Um, I, I like, uh, and they're really cheesy, and that's why I like them. I really like Captain Cold. I really the like rogues. Yeah, yes. I, I'd love to see the rogues because Flash is all about his rogues gallery, and I love that they refer to themselves as one. Right. So I'd like to see an element of like a criminal cabal. I'd love to see a team of people coming at the Flash, led by Captain Cold, or or more of that element because okay. we've had plenty of movies with one-on-one battles and I think I'd, I'd like to step away from Reverse Flash and go with more of a bunch of villains coming at Flash uh, and that way he has to use his intelligence and his speed. I will and, say and way, it's yeah. not going to be as hard as you think to put that across to audiences because we still remember Captain Cold as uh, a character who may have struggled for respect in the hearts of some people but he's literally <laughs> been a TV star for several for years now. Yeah. Yeah. Like, the the people the know Captain Cold. Yeah, if you, do, if you do the whole group thing that's interesting too because this side of Batman he is the most eclectic rogues gallery of villains yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the DC universe, so it would be fun to see them all. And I wonder if Brandy Chastain makes an appearance in this. She's in everything mm-hmm. he does. Yeah. So what would Brandy's role be in this? Is he Barry's mom in some way in flashbacks or whatever? Mm. And what is her? What would be her role in this? I I'd think like it to... could be fun. I know we're getting Detective E. Batman in theory, mm-hmm. but I I would enjoy. I guess if I'm throwing my pitch out there, Please. I love the idea of the rogues. I love the idea of Grodd. I'm down for both of those. Yeah. But you can also have some fun with his CSI tech side and oh, put sure. some mystery elements Please. in there, great which I think is a great way to give him challenges that aren't related to running fast. I, and that's why the multiple villains. So I think you could tie the multiple villains or Grodd into the mm. detective work or the, the CSI work. But I think it's really important that I'd actually like to see a villain-based movie where the villains get time to team up a la It. Like, I want to see how the It team really forms a bond. I'd love to see the rogues have a bond amongst themselves uh, and and go from there. (laughs) 
<laughs> Dorian, uh, you know what? This is the last time I'm giving Dorian the whiteboard of justice. At you the know, opening of the show, I, I can't mention. trust him to produce one episode correctly. He hassles me all the time to produce an episode. And He's here doing he is a great job. Where are the clowns? The whiteboard of justice is a heavy uh, shoulders to bear. It's, it's a not, lot of weight. It's, it's not it's, the whiteboard of jokes. It's the whiteboard of justice, for God's sakes. Uh, and shout out to Dorian for that Chast- Chastain reference. He was the one who suggested we, I asked yeah. about it. So, yeah, I, she is a part of uh, a lot of his movies. So it would be interesting to see what part she would play. Um, and also, are we go? Where are we going to go with this? Because you look at this version of Joker. Right. You look at Matt Reeves saying the Batman's going to be more detective, more darker. Mm-hmm. Is the Flash going to be more dark and mushy? Are they? Is DC making this kind of conscious decision to move this into a supposedly darker DC that isn't Snyder esque, but is its own version of darkness that still has that element of like humor or playfulness within it, but still serious about the issues they're confronting. Because that's one of the reasons we love the DC characters so much is because of their backstories and what they struggle with as they become heroes. I don't know that this should be like looked at as a what is their line-wide direction doing. Mm-hmm. I, I think and hope that the lesson of Joker will be more things are possible than we believed, therefore greenlight more different things. Mm. Uh, it doesn't mean make more of this one thing. It means there's room for Technicolor Underwater Aquaman Adventures. There's room for right. bright fair, and fair. somehow, somehow bright Shazam. and lovely yeah, Wonder Woman and World funny. War I. Yeah, Wonder Woman. We're, we're getting sure. Birds of Prey and Wonder Woman 1984 next year, which are two very different tones. And yeah. that's what I want them to double down on. So what I hope is Flash doesn't try to be anything except a Flash movie. Yeah. Be yeah. an awesome Flash movie. I want Flash to be the optimistic, loving self he is to juxtapose Batman being a detective, mm. to juxtapose. I think if the Justice League is going to form, they have to to feel different yeah. and I think that's been some of the, the folly of certain characters that you don't get the chance for them to feel separate yeah. so I think as long as the Flash is the most optimistic of them I want that to be how he's represented so I don't care about the tone of the movie as long as Barry is the right right for me yeah. alright uh, we will have to get into the rest of this on Giant Size we got some really fun Suicide Squad casting we got a lot of runner up comics to get into we got your questions coming up on that but first thank you for being here John thank you I had a great time uh, being a producer of the show and I always love coming in front of the camera to talk nerd stuff with you guys because I miss it we always geek out right before camera yeah, we and do. then he sits there for we 20 do. minutes acknowledging the stuff he wants to talk about yeah. so glad to have you on the desk thank you <laughs> welcome back from the Desert Koi and until next week stay, stay sweaty, sweaty. Hey, little chico, Pitbull, Mr. 305, better said Mr. Worldwide, and I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, From Negative to Positive, brought to you by my friends over at State Farm. I believe that to have success, you got to play the game, so that the game doesn't play you. You know, the biggest risk you take is not taking one. It's very important that you make sure that you make the most out of your money, especially when it comes to insurance. State Farm offers surprisingly great rates. They have great agents standing by helping you personalize your coverage. All this is backed up by award-winning, easy-to-use technology. It's a great price with an even greater service. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. I have pen fed, that's a fact. I have pen fed, that's a fact. My credit card purchases get me cash back. My credit card purchases get me cash back. No one else gets these rewards. Sergeant, that is just plain untrue. What in tarnation? Sir, PenFed's Power Cash Rewards Card isn't just for military members. Anyone can get cash back on all purchases. Ah, figgins! You've ruined my favorite song. PenFed Credit Union. Visit PenFed.org slash PowerCash. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA.